Welcome to This is Cheaper Than Therapy. Please enjoy your session. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello, all of my accidentally sealed up sisters out there. How are we doing today, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Cheaper Than Therapy. Uh, this is Gina speaking. Got a lot of feedback on last week's episode. A lot. Yeah, we got some real mixed we got some real mixed signals last week. Some some of you were were, dare I say, appalled that I would talk about my vagina on a public platform. Some of you were super into it, which I appreciate and respect. Some of you called me a liar, which I thought I was like, you know what? I was not expecting that. Truthfully, I was expecting more people to come out of the the woodwork and say, you know what? I did that too. I was really looking forward to starting a support group. I was really looking forward to getting jackets. I was really looking forward to uh, swapping stories, but I guess that's not going to happen because it turns out I am one of maybe five people on the face of the planet that has actually ever glued their labia together. Go fucking figure. You would have thought this is like, you know, this is the equivalent, like the vaginal equivalent of getting a paper cut. Happens all the time. Clearly not the case, but that's fine. Moving on. Um, I also said last week that we may end up having some guests on. Turns out that's also not going to be the case. (laughs) I try and network, guys. I've also had people ask me, like, you know, why don't you do more promotion on social media? Why aren't you trying to, do you know, have guests? Listen, I understand, and that that seems to be the uh, logical path forward. But number one, um, the show sucks so far, (laughs) if I do say so myself. It's just, it's such a work in progress, like sitting back here or sitting in front of a mic and literally talking to yourself like a narcissistic psychopath is truly one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do in my whole life. Also coming up with content on a weekly basis. Fun fact, I don't come up with content on a weekly basis. I literally just sit here and I talk out of my asshole for, you know, roughly 40 minutes and um, maybe we'll change that. Maybe we'll make this more of like a formatted, structured type of thing. But for right now, this is kind of working for me. Also, I don't know if any of you have ever experienced this or if like you're on camera or if like you're talking in front of a microphone. And the second that microphone gets in your face, the second that camera gets in your face, you clam up. You like start freaking out for some reason. I don't know why or what it is or what kind of psychological voodoo this black stick with a silver ball at the end of it has on your brain but like I literally cannot think I would say this is week I don't know is this week eight this may be like the first week that I am feeling even slightly comfortable behind the microphone so thank you I appreciate um anybody who has stuck with me thus far I know it has been hella cringy I can't even I cannot even bring myself to go back and listen to the episodes most of the time I literally stopped at week three when I was like oh god someone get the hook this bitch needs to stop talking get off the stage quit while you're ahead um but you know nevertheless she persisted and uh here I am for your entertaining pleasure but like I said Last week, um, my intention was to have some guests. I do do like some podcasting, podcasters, networking type of things. And I've had um, several inquiries, I guess, to, you know, exchange content. Like I would go on their show. They would come on my show. And I'm like, listen, bitch, most of them, why I don't know, but most of the people who have approached me, their shows center around like 
self-love and self-help and all of that shit, which I'm totally into. And there's a component of that to this show. Whether or not I'm great at expressing it is an entirely different uh, story entirely. But there's a component of it there, which maybe in the future I'll get into more. But it is not like at the forefront. It is not on the tip of the tongue, as they say. It is not. uh, This show is not self-love forward. So when these women reach out to me or there was a guy too, but whatever, mostly women uh, reach out to me. It's like, hey, you know, we think you're great. Like, or, you know, we think you're so great. Like, listen to me. I fucking kill myself. Anyway, like, hey, we listened to your first episode. I think we can, you know, do some kind of collaboration. I'm like, yeah, great. I'm totally down right now for me. Like, I will literally go. I would literally go on Charles Manson's podcast if he had one. And I kind of just want to talk to anybody. Um, It's one of my many gifts. I can talk to anybody about anything and I actually really enjoy it. But the majority of people reach out to me, listen to like my first episode and then they're like, yes, like, let's do something. And like, let's uh, let's dial it back a second. I want to make sure that you are getting your time's worth, too. So why don't you go listen to a few more episodes, maybe listen to my most recent episode and then get back to me. <laughs> and I don't know why I do this. I mean, I'm just too honest of a person in this way, but like. I'm like, yes, please go listen to the second episode, third episode, my latest episode, whatever it is, and get back to me, and then we'll talk and move forward from there. And I never hear back from them. I've never been ghosted before. I don't know. This is a foreign concept to me, but I'm pretty sure that this is what ghosting is. Is that correct? Somebody please let me know. Like, I literally never hear back from these people. I... Don't think that I'm everybody's cup of tea. And I totally get that and I respect that. Uh, but also, like, I this shit may be cringy and I may not be super great at it yet. Like I said, in episode one, this is going to be a journey. I'm not quitting. It's just honestly, it's like it's like an audio diary. Even if nothing ever comes of this podcast, that's completely fine. Truthfully, that's actually not my intention. Um... I really do this like as a therapeutic medium for for therapeutic purposes. It's like having an audio diary. I am going to get to look back in five years and literally listen to the shit that was coming, the verbal diarrhea that was coming out of my mouth and be like, what the fuck were you thinking? Were you, you were in a dark place, Gina. Like there was something going on with you that day. I don't know. Like, it's going to be interesting. I literally do it for those purposes. But also, I feel like there's some like genuine entertainment value to the show. Whether that's super apparent right now or not, I guess someone will have to tell me. But not for nothing, but like outside of like the major shows, like the, I, I don't know, like the top tiers of podcasts, the lower levels aren't super fucking entertaining. Or they're very, very niche, which is great. And if you listen to conventional wisdom, that's what they tell you to do. Niche down. Really, really, really hone in on one specific thought or idea or whatever. That's how you're going to find your audience. I'm like, I don't want to fucking do that. That's not why I started doing this. I started doing this so I could talk shit on a microphone and record it. I don't want to be tied down to one thing. I am not tied down to one thing. I feel like that would be really disingenuous to just sit here 
I'd be like, okay, this podcast is going to be about the different types of grass we find here in New England. So this week is going to be about zoysia grass. Now let me tell you about zoysia grass. And it's just like, I, I can't be that specific. I'm not that specific. I have so many diverse interests and I said it before. I sound like a fucking broken record. I get it. Like, I, I I, am just like this weird mashup of so many different things. It's it's really, really weird. But whatever. It's what I like talking about, and that's what I'm going to continue to do. But podcasting is actually really, really difficult. I'm not going to lie. Like, sitting here having to talk to myself. To myself. I, I record the show in one take. I don't really edit it. I edit out like my <sighs> my disgusting gap mouth, slack jaw, open face, serial killer, you know, breathing that that is in between um, thoughts or you can hear me slurping down uh, some soup in the background or my matcha or a wad taking a water break. But other than that, I don't edit anything other than sound quality, which if you have listened to an episode Prior to this one, you know, is also not my strong suit. I also really apologize for that. My audio quality has been horrendous, horrendous. It physically hurts my soul to go back and listen to some of this shit, especially while I'm editing. I'm like, oh, peaks, valleys, breathing, mic interference. Like I can't like because usually in an effort to stimulate my mind, I'll just give you some uh, some behind the scenes here. In an effort to mentally stimulate myself, I'm either like walking around or I'm driving in my car or I'm like doing something else and the microphone is in my hand and therefore like kind of just incidentally making contact with just about everything around me. My boobs, my hand, my face, the floor if I drop it, like all the things. So it really, really, really uh, takes a toll on the audio quality of the show, which I apologize for. Um, And now that I'm getting more comfortable with just like sitting and spewing bullshit out of my mouth and just sitting here and doing it, hopefully the audio quality will get better. I got myself a little mic stand. That's what this is in right now. It's literally on a little mic stand, like sitting in front of me on on the countertop. It's really cute. Um, I I feel like uh, like David Allen Boucher bringing you bedtime magic. Mm. Oh, God, I miss his voice. Bedtime magic was my shit back in the day. Love that. Anyway. Podcasting is really hard, especially when you're talking to yourself. I would love, I am a much better conversationalist than I am just sitting here talking to myself. I feel that my personality is more well received. I feel that I am much more natural in a give and take type of dialogue situation. I find that I'm funnier that way. Um, I enjoy, I genuinely enjoy hearing other people's points of view, whether or not they agree with my own. Um, I will literally talk, I will literally have any conversation with absolutely anybody. The issue is, is that I do the show once a week and other than my husband and my kids, there's nobody I see once a week ever. Like COVID notwithstanding, I don't see anybody once a week. I don't particularly want to see anybody once a week. No, uh, no shade to any of you lovely folks in my life. I, the people who are currently a part of my life who I allow into my life, I fuck with hard, hard. But I don't want to see you motherfuckers more than 
I don't know, a couple times a month. I definitely don't want to see you once a week. I definitely don't want to have to see you. The guy takes the fun out of it. Right? It's like, okay, we're going to get together. We're going to do this podcast. Like, we're going to fucking come up with a script. No. I would actually love to have more of like a rotating cast of characters on this show. I think my sister-in-law, both of my sister-in-laws actually would be hilarious. They're very, very different people. My husband's sister is like brilliant and like artsy and very intellectual, but also like hysterically funny and very down to earth. Um, And I have some great conversations with her. My brother's wife is an immigrant from Canada. Actually, they're both immigrants. Weird, weird, fun fact. But like she's like from Canada. She's younger. She's more like she's more into like the self-love positivity type thing. My sister would be hilarious. Oh, my God. My sister is like I I don't even I don't even know. Like and I say this with all the love in my heart, but like the spawn of Satan. (laughs) She really is. She is the most like sarcastic, sardonic, slave to logic and reason. She's like Daria. If I think of like Daria, I think of my sister. But she's hilarious. And her and I have like, we're sisters. We're super close in age. We're super close in general. And we have some really super funny conversations. And fuck it, maybe we could get like a four-way situation going on. Mm, All your, uh, your tables just lifted six inches. And uh, maybe we'll get all these hoes on the mic at one time. That would be a fucking shit show and a half. But I don't know. I'm really just kind of thinking out loud here. But I would like to have some kind of rotating cast of characters that come through this podcast um, to uh, keep it spicy. Not every week. Not all the time. Sometimes you are going to have to suffer and listen to my my hot takes. But I would like to do that at some point. I feel like it would be super fun to have like friends and family. These are people who know me really well, people who I'm super comfortable with. I think we have really, really good rapport. Um, And honestly, I feel like my sister would be like the most hilarious one. We would like talk about all of the shit that we did as children. My mom had three of us in three years. Um, And if it sounds like that was a shit show, it's because it was. It was a fucking disaster all the time. I did horrible things to her. She did, well, I mean, it was mostly a one-way street, but she also did some shitty things to me. For example, Hora Hamplo. Um, I once, I think she was like six and I was like nine. We had bunk beds. We shared a room. I, and she was a super deep sleeper. Me and my brother, that was like the funniest shit that ever fucking happened to us. We would like wake her up we would wake up my sister in like the middle of the night and she would be so disoriented like you would think that this woman had just fallen down a k-hole like she was so disoriented had no idea what was going on we just start saying crazy shit and we had we laughed like it was the funniest shit that had ever happened and truthfully at that point in our lives it was probably the funniest shit that had ever actually happened but this one time uh, yeah, I think we were, she was six. I was nine. We're three years apart, like almost exactly to the day. And being the evil genius that I am, I was like, what can I do to inflict some lasting, serious psychological damage? I was like, mm, got it. Went downstairs, crept down to the kitchen, found myself a roll of saran wrap. She had the top bunk. I had the bottom bunk. And I saran wrapped her to her bed and then shook her. 
until she was conscious and could understand what I was saying and told her the house was on fire. <laughs> Ooh, I think about like the the wherewithal that a nine-year-old would need or the mental instability and overall um, monster-like tendencies that a nine-year-old would need to concoct some shit like that. Like, that's sadistic. Like, that's really fucked up. If it gives you any kind of glimpse into the human being that I am, I'm just kidding. I'm actually really a good person. I may be a little bit misunderstood, but I'm not a horrible human. But apparently, nine-year-old Gina was a little serial killer in the making. I saran wrapped her to her bed and then shook her until she was conscious enough to understand the words that I was saying. Tell her the house was on fire. She could not get out of bed. It was like having sleep paralysis. You guys ever get that? Anybody ever have sleep paralysis? Like you feel like you like you're just like being like held to your bed. It ha- it's happened to me once in my entire life, and it was a couple weeks ago. And I have to tell you, it was like one of the most terrifying experiences. I'm like, what? I'm fully awake. Like I remember it vividly. I'm fully awake. I'm staring at my ceiling. And I'm like, why, why can't I move? Like, wh- like, I don't understand it. Like, that is something that really freaks me out because that sleep paralysis, I mean, short of you believing that it's like some kind of demon pinning you down to your bed who's trying to like anally fist you, it is like some kind of crazy like mind, body, no soul connection, right? Like how that, I feel like that just speaks to the influence that your mind has on your physical body because clearly there was something going on in your subconscious while you were just dreaming a second ago that completely immobilized you like what the fuck like that that is just weird to me that whole sleep paralysis thing freaks me the fuck out but imagine actually being physically restrained in a bed and then being told the house is on fire and your sister then ran out of the room screaming like me I was a sister I ran out of the room screaming to really uh drive my point home really seal the deal it was um it's both something I am extremely embarrassed and proud of I'm very proud of the fact that as a nine-year-old I was able to understand what I was really proud of the fact that I was able to kind of walk myself I'm like hmm what can I do that's really fucked up how can I really fuck with this bitch? Got it. And then executed my plan. It was simple. It was elegant. It was beautiful. It was executed flawlessly. But also extremely embarrassed because what the fuck? It was nine. It was nine. Guys, if I had continued on that trajectory, I would have been I like, thank God Al-Qaeda didn't find me first, right? Like, thank God I figured it out, got my ass back in brownies and left the life of, you know, torture, left the life of torture in my past. Because it could have gone, it could have gone a a very different way. (laughs) Oh my God. What is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? The wounds of childhood. I don't know what was going on in my life at that point. I'm sure nothing good. Uh, that was kind of the the hallmark of 
of uh, living in my house as a kid. Really nothing good, I'm sure. But damn, that one still to this day, I'm like, ooh, ooh. gives me chills, but also tingles. <laughs> That's another thing about talking to myself is that there's no like inflection in my voice. I'm just talking. Like, I'm not reacting to anybody. I'm not conversing with anybody. I'm not impassionedly, is that a word? I have no idea. Making a point to somebody. I really do thrive in conversation. I don't necessarily thrive in just sitting here talking to myself. And I feel that I'm extremely monotone when I sit here and talk to myself. And maybe that's something that I could be better at. I don't know if like conversation or having somebody else here I mean, it would definitely fix it, but I feel like there's probably other ways to fix it. I could just like, you know, nut up and, you know, get some inflection in my voice and just being, you know, more conscious of it. But it's a much more natural thing when I'm talking to other people. I think that's probably true of everybody. I think if you're having a conversation with yourself, I mean, if you are on a regular basis, you should probably, one, uh, set yourself up a podcast because... You're probably a natural or two, get yourself some psychological help. Um, but also, it just doesn't serve the, uh, you know, passion well when you're talking to yourself. Like, if you're trying to explain something to yourself, like, okay, yeah, I turn left here. It's like, oh, wait, did I? You're just like very monotone and you're very like factual and to the point. It's almost like sterile talking to yourself. Because it's just stream of consciousness. You're not actually like really, well, maybe you are getting yourself gassed up about something. Currently, I'm not. Currently, I'm just talking about podcasting, which is, you know, the most meta thing ever. But um, maybe you're like reliving an argument. You know, you do that like you're, you have an argument with somebody, your spouse, your kid, your friend, your mom, whoever. And then like hours later, you're like, fuck, I should have said this. Oh, that would have just nailed her ass to the cross right there. That was the line. Stupid, stupid. Why didn't you say that? I do that to myself all the time. And I have to say that's when I get most fired up talking to myself. But also, it's like you're only in your own head. So it's not really, you're not yelling when you're doing it. I don't know. Anyway, guys, the spring is coming. The spring is coming. I don't know why I'm so fucking sing-songy today. Um, But I am sitting at my kitchen island. I'm looking out into my backyard. I can see little patches of grass popping up beneath the snow. My chickens are out there running a fucking muck. Yes, I have chickens. I love them. See, this is what I'm talking about when I say I have like these crazy diverse interests. Not only do I sit here on this microphone and say fucking shit and bitch and talk about just like weird ass things and shit that nobody cares about, but I also have like chickens and I care about self-sustainability. And um, I'm an avid DIYer. I like to build things. I build bookcases. I'm going to put a patio in this this summer or this spring. Um, but I'm looking out my my windows here and it's weird. Like, right, like my, my house is surrounded on two sides by some real dense woods. They're, it's conservation land behind my house. And when we first moved in, it was, I mean, it was actually around this time of year. Hold on. What did I? Oh, my. Guys, we're coming up on one year of us living in this house. March 1st, 2020 is when we moved in. Oh, 
I didn't even know that. But anyway, we first moved in. It was like there wasn't this much snow on the ground. I actually think that things had started to kind of um, regrow. I remember last winter being kind of mild. But things haven't started to fill in yet. And I can see straight through the woods into my neighbor's backyard or like my across the woods neighbor's backyard. And I can see them like taking out their dog and like you know, raking their leaves and cleaning up their pool and shoveling the snow off their back stairs. Like, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I kind of like it. I kind of like to spy on them. I don't know who they are. I really actually don't pay that much attention. But if I'm sitting here, I can literally see directly out my back window. Anyway, I am so pumped for the spring. (sighs) Just take a deep breath. I'm not going to edit that breath out. Take a deep breath. In episode three, whatever it was, we talked about my journey of spirituality in 2020 and how deeply it affects me, and it still does. And one of my most favorite times of the year is the return of the light, the return of spring. And it is just such a rejuvenating, oh. God, just like the feeling of the days getting longer, the weather starting to heat up, the snow melting, and then we get another fucking snowstorm, but it only lasts a couple of days because it's getting warmer outside, and the trees start to bloom, and the daisies pop up out of the ground, and you can go outside again, and it is just like the most like intoxicating feeling. I love the spring. The spring is... Is it my favorite? I don't know. I like all the seasons for different reasons. Truthfully, like I love the winter. Um, But there comes a point with the winter where I'm like, okay, (laughs) joke's over. Like we're good. We don't need any more cold weather. My like, why are we living in a place where if you go outside, your face hurts? This doesn't it doesn't have to go down like this. We're good. Okay, you've made your point. But that coldness, that darkness, it's like everything is dying and cleaning itself. That's something I've always loved about the winter is that like everything is dead and dying and clean. It's clean. The trees are clean. The streets are clean. The ground becomes clean. It cleans itself. All of that. Think of it. All of that water of the snow melting into the ground, being flushed out then into the groundwater, taking all of those toxins with it. It's the cleaning process. It's nature's cleaning process. And I love that. I love that idea that things are generating themselves. They're, they're cleaning themselves to become new again in the spring. And then the cycle repeats itself. I love that change. I love that transformation, that regeneration. It makes me really, really happy. Um, But the spring, oh, God. Like, you're just dying for it. Anybody who's listening to this who lives in, like, a colder climate or a climate where you actually get real winters, you know this feeling. Come March 1, you're give me some sun. Give me some sun. It's like you're you're literally like you can feel it. I don't know. I, I get really hyped up about it if you can't tell. Should I go to a more like structured show? The first couple of episodes I had show notes, right? I don't script anything. I feel like that's really disingenuous. That's not. It's also, I don't know, just not my thing. If you do it, like that's fine. As long as you're like writing the script yourself. I don't know why it matters. But for me, it's just it just. 
is not, it's just not for me. Anyway, I have notes usually. Well, I guess for the first couple of episodes I had notes. Um, but thereafter I was like, you know, let me, let me give this a try. Cause I feel like honestly, that's just like the way you have to get comfortable. It's just sit here and just kind of talk. Is it painful? Yes. Is it cringy? Also, yes. But it really is the only way to kind of get, otherwise it's the only way to get comfortable in front of the mic and to like get your brain to function the way that it should or it does like in normal conversation without having a script. The script becomes your crutch. I feel like you don't really get super comfortable with your own thoughts and ideas if you just, you have a script. That's my personal opinion. That being said, should I go to a more structured show? Should I do like an intro and then like this topic and that topic and this like, should I do it that way? I don't know. I don't know. My husband seems to think I should, but truthfully, I get the most feedback and probably the best feedback and the most engagement on shows that I just like talk out of my butthole. I don't know. Maybe we'll do a little bit of both. Again, I don't really feel the need to pigeonhole myself into like one thing because that's the exact opposite of what the show is about is I just want to talk I want to be me and that's the long and short of it um so I don't know I'm really kind of messing with the idea I just don't know what those segments would be like what am I like I would they would have to change every week or I would have to you know have a you know I'd have to have one kind of like mom topic and then some kind of pop culture topic and then some kind of like maybe a political topic or like a an economics little anecdote or I don't know. I don't know. I would have to kind of figure it out, but it could be interesting. We'll we'll have to see about that. Wish.com continues to assault my life. Really though. What did I get the other day? It was like the other day I got an advertisement for um a burqa. I think it was because I bought the Quran on audio, Audible, Audible, Audio, Audible. Um, no, I'm sorry. It's not Audible. It's just Apple. It's Apple Books. That's where I get all my iBooks. What the fuck am I talking about, Audible? Um, I bought the Quran. I read it a long time ago. I'm going to reread it again. I am super interested in other cultures, right? Obviously... The topic of um, Islam in general is a little bit of a a hot button issue in recent years. Um, And I really do want to see, I don't believe anybody. Let's start there. I don't believe anything I hear. I don't believe anything anybody says. Call it, um, I don't know, my toxic trait, but I truly always believe, (laughs) not always, but I do, unless I know you really, really well and I've grown to trust you, I do in general believe that people always have some kind of ulterior motive and uh, that's just me. I think I just grew up grew up around so many scumbags and I'm like, mm, what's your fucking angle, buddy? But also, no one can get shit over on me, so there's that. But also, it's an incredibly damaging trait, but that's fine. But I found that very, very interesting. I was like, there's like such a short turnaround time. I literally bought the book. And then I went on fucking Instagram and it's like, wish.com, here's a burqa. Do you want a burqa? I know you want a burqa. You just bought the Quran. Like, why don't you want a burqa? Obviously, you're Islamic, right? Like, this is for you. It's just like, okay, okay, fine, fine. I understand, like, the algorithms and the uh, targeting your demographic. And that's all well and fine. But 
God damn, their their algorithm is uh, is fucking next level. That was some uh, that was some wild shit. I'm getting a new oven tomorrow. I'm so excited. I love to cook. Maybe I'll incorporate some like food things in here too. It is truly outside of my friends and my family cooking and entertaining and food and the culture of food and the cultures of the world that make the food is truly my passion in life. I love it so much. It's so soothing to me. I love the creative process. Um, you know, every not every, everybody asks me, oh, fucking kill me. Why am I like this today? People often ask me, and they do. This isn't like some kind of hyperbolic statement. People often ask me, like, why do you love cooking so much? And I usually get asked this from people who also love cooking. And I'm like, I don't know. I I don't know. And I'm like, why do you like cooking? They're like, I just really like to flex on my friends. <laughs> that was um you know, I like to flex on my friends was one one answer that I got. Um I like to watch people eat it and enjoy it, which is like kind of the same thing. Um I like that wow factor is another I'm like that's like really not it for me. Um, I genuinely enjoy that if I ever feed you, number one, if I'm feeding you, if I am cooking for you, it is one of my most closely held expressions of love other than giving you a blowjob. Um, cooking for you is is how I truly express my my love for you, my admiration for you. Um, it is me welcoming you to my life. That being said, that's not why I do it. <laughs> it's really not. I enjoy the creative process. Like I said, I'm a DIYer. I build shit. I love to like take things and put them together in different ways and make different things. There's something incredibly gratifying about that. And I feel like what people lack these days, let me just go on off on a tangent. Um, people lack these days is a fucking hobby. I think that we all have way too much goddamn time on our hands, especially with COVID. Either one, we have way too much time on our hands that we're not using constructively. Or two, we have way, 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 way too many obligations in our life that are not fulfilling us. I personally believe that you have to have one hobby in your life that is spiritually and emotionally and physically gratifying for you. Something has to be cathartic for you. Otherwise, I feel like you're living a quiet a life of quiet desperation. I'm not saying that he is miserable or that I'm, you know, I'm not trying to like pass judgment on people or, you know, but I'm I'm not trying to get holier than thou on anybody right now. But, you know, for some people, it's fitness. Some people are like, I love to work out. It's my me time. This is what I do. You know, I go to the yoga studio. I go lift weights. I go, you know, run 20 miles. Those people are fucking nuts. If you're a runner, if you're a runner, reach out to me. I want to talk to you. I need to know how your mind works because I don't trust you. I don't trust people who like run marathons for fun. I'm like, what What are you trying to, what are you hiding? Like, what are you, I, I don't know. It freaks me out. But 
Um, I low-key do want to run the Boston Marathon at some point. But just to prove to myself that I can because fucking running sucks. But anyway, there has to be something in your life that is truly um, for you and for your soul. And for me, that is cooking and creating. I love to build things too. Weird, I know, but I do I do really love it. I just love the creative process. So I guess for me overall, it's the creative process, but I apply it mostly to food. And then I guess secondarily to like, uh, like woodworking projects or like I said, I'm going to be building a, a big old patio out in my backyard this this spring that hopefully we can enjoy for years to come with a big fireplace and an outdoor kitchen and a big garden. I love to garden. That's another thing oh, that really soothes my soul. Uh, something I do every winter around this time when it, things really start to get a little touch and go when you're just you know, biting your bottom lip and giving it hell until you see them daisies pop out of the ground. I plan my garden. I really like to keep looking forward and looking forward into like the positive things. My husband always gives me shit. I I started talking about like, like once the summer starts winding down, like mid-August, I'm like talking about Halloween. I'm like, oh my God, what are we going to be for Halloween? My husband's like, are you fucking real? I can't hear this shit. I don't give a fuck what we're going to be for Halloween. Talk to me in October. It's August, Gina. Your birthday was last week. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I know. I know. I know it's crazy. But I always need something to look forward to. And it makes me happy. It makes me happy to like over plan and over analyze and to think about it and make sure that when I get to that time, when it's actually go time, Time to put foot to ass. I've got all the details worked out because I like shit to be good and special and um, I do the most. We'll put it that way. I am an overachiever for sure. Um, that's just my nature. I don't do it until I really prove it to anybody. I do it for myself because I like it and I like to make sure that when the time comes, shit is right and tight and ready to go. So I start planning things like I said, I start planning Halloween in literally in August. I'm like, okay, what are we going to like, how are we going to set up the candy display at the end of the, at the end of the driveway because we take the kids trick or treating and what are we going to do with the house? And I have to get a spider, a giant spider for over the garage. And I have to get that lamp that lights up purple and orange for the front. And I have to like those ghosts didn't work last year. And we got to move the spider web to the other side of the house because the tree over there is better. I fucking go in and then I started talking about the kids costumes and what do they want to do and maybe we can do something as a family and you know what I have to get should I make it should I buy it like what do I I go in I do the same thing for Thanksgiving I do the same thing for Christmas I do the same thing for New Year's I do the same thing for Easter and my kids birthdays and my husband's birthday and my birthday and all of the things I love to celebrate I love to create things I love to create beautiful experiences for my family And that is food and entertaining and making sure that people are having a good ass time at all times. If you come to my house, I want you to have a good ass time. I really do. I love to create that vibe for my friends and family. Create the patio, a place for us to have a gathering outside. We have like a big back deck and all the things, but... We also have some fun water shit for the kids that we set up in the backyard. Now the adults can have a patio with a big barbecue and, you know, the different barbecue grills. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to get a smoker. 
so excited for that. And, you know, do the patio and just have a good ass fucking time and cook the food and drink the drinks and hang out with my people and just like live your best life. Oh, I am so looking forward to the nice weather. I just got I like I shouldn't be. I'm sitting on a leather chair right now. I should not be. It's like a slip and slide. It's like a slip and slide. I am so fucking amped for the nice weather. It's going to be a great time. This is going to be like our, you know, we settled in last year. We, you know, took down some trees. We, you know, cleaned out some garden beds. We did some home projects. It was COVID, so we were home all together. My husband uh, took, you know, six months off from work last summer. When I say six months off, he exited the first company that he ever founded, took six months off to like, you know, spend with me and the girls and just to hang out as a family. And it was so nice. We had so much fun. Sucks that it was fucking COVID because we were going to go to like Europe for a month. We were going to take some trips. We were going to like go do some like crazy shit with the kids and just have like a baller ass summer. Of course, he didn't do that. The one nine just fucking killed all those plans. Um, but we still had a great time nonetheless. We got a lot of shit done around the house and, you know, this summer, hopefully we'll just like really get to enjoy our time together. If you have any feedback for the show, I would really like to know. I'm kind of at a crossroads here. I feel like I'm getting more comfortable on the microphone. It's still like a very awkward experience for me. Um, just sitting here and talking and like doing the things I really have to like amp myself up and psych myself up to do it. But I feel like it's getting easier. It's getting better. Like I said, this is week eight. It's like it's week 80 and I still can't figure this shit out, but more structure, keep it the same, do a combination of both. I don't know, but follow me on Instagram. It's at Gina Glazimitsky. Follow the show. I don't even know if I'm going to keep the show Instagram page. I suck at social media. I did it once. I had actually, this is a weird, weird little aside here. Maybe I'll talk about this at length and some other time, but I had a really, really successful Instagram page once (laughs) and it crushes my soul to even talk about it Um, for food. I started myself a food page. I didn't tell anybody about it because I felt like it was so cringy and it it wasn't. It was actually cooking is something that I'm actually really good at, Um, but I did it for like two years. I was literally in October of this year. It was like two years. I was getting ready to like tell my friends and family about it. And I guess tell people that I had been, you know, working on this thing for the last couple of years. And hey, if you want to go support that page, then great. I gotten it up to like 16,000 followers. And that's important thing. I have 16,000 followers, which fucking makes me barf. But um you know, I was able to share my love of food with so many people and that was really, really cool. And then in October of 2020, my account got hacked by uh, somebody in Jakarta and I ended up recovering it and that was great. And then it got hacked again and then I recovered it and then it got hacked again and again and again and again. I hired a uh, social media consulting company to see what was going on. I, you know, spoke with Instagram a ton. They were actually super helpful. Um, But it turns out 
that this does happen at sometimes to some accounts, usually of accounts around my size because they're saleable. I guess there's like some kind of like CD underground marketplace where you can like sell Instagram accounts for cash. And, you know, people won't pay. I, I, I don't know. People won't pay a ton of money, but they'll pay some money. But <clears throat> like right around like the 15 to 20, I did some research on this if you can't tell, right around to like the 15 to 20,000 follower mark, um, you know, you can get a few hundred bucks for the, for the account and it's just quick cash. But the fact that they hacked it so many times, like corrupted the account. And long story short, uh, it was permanently deleted. I, someone told me that they were still able to find it. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but whatever. They permanently deleted it. They sent me a notification the other day. I cried my fucking eyes out. It was like two years of blood, sweat, and tears. If you know me, um, Instagram is, or social media in general is like not my go-to. It's, it was really difficult for me to like stay on task with that and to like make sure that I was being consistent and uh, posting and providing valuable content and making the content. Like when my f- account first got hacked, I had like, like I said, it was just over 16,000 followers. So I get like 16.1 and um, they hacked my account and they deleted over 900 posts, 900 posts from t- over two years. And all of my DMs were gone and what else? They like changed all of my like login and for, it was it was a fucking nightmare. It was a fucking nightmare. It's like, OK, I mean, like what a blow. But um, I then, you know, started creating content again and I started like, you know, trying to follow some of the advice from the consulting company I had hired. And it was a fucking shit show. But. Um, try as I may, it was hacked again and then again, and eventually the account was just so fucked up that they deleted it. And uh, according to them, they're going to continue to work on. And I say them, I mean Instagram. They can, they're going to continue to like you know work on the account and help, or I guess make sure that it becomes, uh, or. They're going to continue to work on the account to see if they can get it stable again. Um, But they're not sure. But right now it's deleted and that really fucking sucks. And on that note, I am going to go cry in my basement because it makes me really sad to think about it. Anywho, go follow me on Instagram. (laughs) It's at Gina Glossomitsky. And the show is at This Is Cheaper Than Therapy. And I will see you fuckers next week. Bye-bye.